0: The Fantasy Six Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob, Ah, you're awful. And AJ Appleton.
1: It's Sin Shoo Chew. It's a mouthful.
0: Welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of fantasy six pack dot net and writer over at so called fantasy experts dot com. Well, it is finally here, everybody. Week one is here, and uh, let's bring on AJ here to welcome everybody to week one. What's going on, AJ? You there? is not there. He says he's there. Uh, I'm here. You are here. Okay. Just I'm here. Sure. <laughs> What's going on, man?
1: Uh, not much. Not much at all. Just a uh, lovely day in the neighborhood.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, Mr. Rogers. Um, <laughs> anyway, man, week one is here. I'm sort of happy it's here, man, but this has been... And, and I say that only because this has been a really exhausting... Like, um, I don't know. Like trying to get ready for the season. There's been so many like weird things, and we'll get into like the last couple here that are even weirder. But like it is just it felt it has felt exhausting at times to like follow all the craziness that has been the NFL offseason. And um, I have a bad feeling we're in for a really interesting regular season as well because of it. Um, But that said, let's get to it here. We have a lot to cover to get everybody ready for week one. That's what we all did, all of this draft preparation for. So let's get to it, man. And look, I don't think we can start the show with anything else. Ezekiel Elliott, it's still not done. It's still not done, man.
1: (laughs) I don't know what to do here. I, I, I
0: I was in the middle of a draft. Last night, and the dude picked Zeke Elliott in the first round. I happened to, like, two rounds later, I refreshed Roto World because I'm, like, waiting for the news to come out. Because honestly, like, if he hadn't gotten suspended, if it was getting, like, reduced, I had the 12th pick. I was probably going to snag him if he was sitting there. But the guy in front of me picks him. And I'm like, all right, I still hadn't heard anything. And then, I keep refreshing, keep refreshing. Round three, I see suspension upheld. He will be suspended six more games. And I was like, that, that sucks um, <laughs> for that guy. And then I start reading more. It's like, well, it's still going to go to court. He's still going to be able to play week one. And I'm like, what in the world? Um, so, ah, dude, this is just Insanity. Somebody need, something needs to happen with the NFL. I don't know what it is, but first of all, I don't think it should have taken them, what, two, three weeks to hear the appeal. Um, it shouldn't have taken a little over a week to, you know, well, was it a week? A little, a little under a week, I guess, to actually give the ruling from the appeal. I mean, I don't know. It seems a little crazy to me that like this stuff takes this long to do to to get through. Um, anyhow, all summer long we were here and it was gonna be decided in like June at one point, it was gonna be decided in July at one point, and then it was like early to mid August it got decided. This total craziness. This is just dragged on for way too long. Um and I know, you know, we're a little selfish about it here because it just affects fantasy football. But, look, I mean, that's why we're here. So, yeah, I'm pissed off. I want to know what's happening, you know. And it sucks because in another league I'm in, I'm actually playing the team who has Zeke Elliott in week one. When when I got his mashed up against him at first, I was thinking, sweet, he didn't have Zeke Elliott in week one. No, he does. So that's not making me very happy. <laughs> Thought I was going to be able to avoid him with, with Zeke Elliott on his team um, I will most likely Get him twice With Zeke Elliott now Because I, I think I'm one of those teams I'm obviously one of those teams that will play him twice If I play him week one And now Because even if he does Do six games He'll be back by the time I play him again <laughs> So yay for me um, I don't know. Dude, what, like, what, what do you, what's your thoughts here with Zeke Elliott? I mean, are we just tired of talking about this at this point? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I think so. Um, and probably not only because we've just beat it into the ground so much, uh, for the past, I feel like a month really now, but at least the past few weeks. Um, but, you know, the fact that you're a Redskins fan and I'm an Eagles fan. I, I, I don't want to talk about Dallas. I, I don't care about Dallas, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I did the same thing last night. I had a, a draft, you know, one of my last two and, uh, you know, both drafts, I was sitting there waiting for Zeke and seeing if he was going to fall and, and he fell to me in the, the 14 team league. I took him with my second pick um, and it was before the news hit. Um, that A, he was getting the suspension upheld, and then B, that he was still going to end up playing, so it was like yay, I got Zeke, we'll see what happens oh, crap, and then oh, yeah he's going to play week one, and now uh, I I don't know what I want to do but the funny thing (laughs) is that the guy the the, the commissioner of the league actually sent me a a tweet today and said I'm interested in Zeke let's talk, let's figure this out (laughs) so I mean people are still going after him, man. obviously if that guy drafted him in the first round in your your league, I drafted him second round. Um my my second draft. Uh, we were kind of game planning if he would potentially be there. Um but but he wasn't. So, you know, whatever. But I I think he's going to have I think he's going to probably have a really ridiculously good week this week. Um and then who knows? You know, is he going to still sit out starting next week now, and then, you know, that pushes him still past the bye week, you know, into week nine. I guess at that point, um, I, I don't know. It's it is just one big cluster uh, to to deal with. Um, so cheers to those of you who just decided, you know what, I'm just going to stay away from his situation altogether, and I'm going to go take. Uh, you know this guy or this guy, and and see if they pan out. So, yeah, we can we can probably move on from it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. I mean, I'm I'm reading a lot of stuff, and it's just like I I just keep hearing that that things are not in his favor to get the suspension reduced or even, um, you know, completely taken away. So. I guess the the shining light, at least for us, because we are not Dallas fans, is that he probably will still be suspended six weeks, just ap- not after just you know starting week two. It sounds like, but who knows? We keep saying we think we know, and we think we know, and we apparently don't know anything. So I'm done. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> other absolute craziness is the weather. Apparently. And Hurricane Irma And it is going to Destroy Florida Apparently So They decided to Postpone Not just move The Miami Dolphins Tampa Bay Buccaneers game That was supposed to be played In Miami this Sunday And um, You know First and foremost Everybody that's Sticking around Everybody that has Homes down there be safe, do the smart thing, get out of town, make sure you board up, do what you got to do, you know, help each other out, that kind of stuff. But, look, from a fantasy football perspective, this is, this is a crazy important game for fantasy football. I mean, the amount of, like, top-notch players in this game is ridiculous for two teams that a lot of people think aren't very good um, overall. And, you know, you got Mike Evans, you got Jameis Winston, you've got, you know, Doug Martin actually gets affected by this because people who drafted him, <clears throat> me in three leagues, uh, thought that he was coming back by week four. And now he's not going to be back until week five because the start the rest of his suspension doesn't kick back in until the first game that he played or should have played. Um, so it's not three weeks; it's three games. Uh, so that's that's kind of a blow to me. Uh, and then on on Miami side, you're missing, you know, Cutler, Jay Ajayi, uh Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker. You know, a whole bunch of guys here. So this is a really huge game. And, and you no, know, I've gotten tweets from people saying, "Hey, I've I drafted like." three of these guys and now they're all on by this week. <laughs> like, what do I do? You know, and there's probably not a ton left out on the waiver wire. Not that anything you're super excited about. Plus like you don't want to drop a lot of people on your team because you drafted these players thinking they were going to be decent players. You know, it's not like this is week five where you're like, all right, this guy's been kind of crummy all season. I can drop him for, you know, a, a replacement for Jay Ajayi this week if I have to, um, this is week one. So there's not a whole lot of, there's not a lot of times where you're going like, Oh, I really want to pick up this like five week fill in off the waiver wire for, <laughs> you know, for somebody I drafted in the 12th round who I'm like has hoping has a lot of upside. So like, what, what would you do? Like, are you, are you affected by this? I know I am actually. A bunch of
1: yeah. I had, I did have Martin in a couple uh a couple leagues I believe and Noah I have at least two. Um so yeah that that definitely stinks. Um I have Parker in a couple rounds uh I'm sorry a couple leagues. Um, Evans I don't own at all this year. Landry I don't own all, at all this year. Deshaun I don't own at all this year and Winston I don't own at all this year. Uh and Ajayi I don't own at all this year. So this won't really affect me that much. Um, I I think, you know, if anything, aside from the Martin, you know, extension of his suspension, I think if anything, the NFL really screwed the pooch here too. And they, they really should have just figured out a neutral site to play this game and make it happen this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm assuming they switched just to week 11 because of bye weeks. Both of these teams were on the bye yes. in week 11, and now they're playing week 11. So now they have a week one bye week, and they have to run the gauntlet of the entire NFL season without a bye week. And that sucks. I mean – Yeah, that's awful. Y- y- you look – and I, I believe this has actually happened before um, – where where a game has been postponed or something and then the team did the same thing and and they had 16 straight weeks of of football. And I mean the season itself is a grind as it is with getting that bye week. I mean, you know, we we talked about bye weeks all over the place and and how you know, they're beneficial, how we're confused by one week there's two teams off or four teams off. And then the next week there's eight teams off and all of that nonsense. I mean, there's so many different back and forth conversations with the bye weeks in general, but this is just absurd to me. I I don't understand why the NFL thinks that this is a good idea unless they also agree and think, nah, these teams aren't that good. They're not going to make the playoffs anyway. So (laughs) let's just, uh, let's just screw them and, and their, their talent and whatever. I mean, they're not bad teams. Obviously, this list of players that we just rattled off, there's a lot of players on these teams that are fantasy relevant and are going to be fantasy relevant the majority of the season. Uh, so it's a big blow to owners that have these guys. Uh, I mean, we've we've talked ad nauseum about JHA and how he's, you know, was a, bonafide first, second round pick, um, you know, much to our dismay, I would say, because neither one of us were taking him there, but everybody else I feel like did, unless they had him as like a, a later round keeper or something like that. But, you know, that's a, that's a huge blow when you're thinking, okay, well my first round pick is this running back or my second round pick is this running back. My first round pick was Mike Evans. I mean right.
0: shit. If I bet you this had like have, a turn I mean, pick. Yeah, yeah, you could have Evans and Ajayi. I know exactly what you're about to say. This would probably have both. Their first and second round pick gone. Yep. And it's yeah, like, I mean,
1: okay, well, why don't you just kick me while I'm down? You know, it, the only caveat here is that it's like, okay, well, you didn't have your first and second round players get injured in week 1 and then your whole team is in you know, in disarray for the rest of the season because of that. Uh, And you're, you know, digging out of this hole, but you still don't have them this first week. I mean, this is the week that you want to start off on, on the right foot and start off with a win. And if you have two powerhouse guys like that, it's going to be tough. I mean, unless, unless you really had a really good draft and you have some good later round guys, but yeah, man, this sucks. I, I mean, it just, it's just horrible planning. I mean, obviously, you can't plan for weather like this, but um, I, I don't know. I think the NFL just should have done better again.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and look, you know, it's kind of funny, like we say, like, oh, you know, it, it sucks from fantasy football. It It actually kind of doesn't from fans football like yeah it sucks for this week for all the reasons i said earlier where you know it's going to be hard to find any sort of like decent replacement players unless you have like good depth on your bench which you know if you've been listening to this show or you know reading a bunch of stuff on the internet for, you know, hopefully you have that depth right um but you know still losing your first round second round pick potentially with Evans and Ajayi, that's that's going to be killer. But think about this. You would have had them gone in week 11 anyway because they shared a bye week. So it would have been week 11, and then that's like playoff, you know, that's that's like the playoff crunch time right there. So that's also bad. The good side of this for fantasy football is that you now – in week 11, I looked this up, you will now only have four teams on bye in week 11 instead of the dreaded six. And that's the worst ever. Like, I don't understand at all why the NFL ever does six teams on bye week, and then there's some weeks that they have two. You know, that that makes no sense to me. But, so, from a fantasy football standpoint, this is actually kind of a positive um, overall. But from just a true NFL standpoint, like, I don't get it at all. You know, they're all about player safety. And, yeah, playing 16 games in a row is going to absolutely be terrible for these players. You know, they're going to need that break. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, and you know, I don't think you can really do it in the NFL, but like somehow they're going to work in like extra rest for these players, whether it be practice or something like that, or you know, take extra snaps from them out of the game because they're just going to need the rest because their bodies aren't going to be able to go through a full 16 game season, 16 weeks in a row. So that's that's where I think you're going to see the biggest effect, and it's going to hurt the players during the whole, the season in general. So that's, that's something to, to think about here. Um, but moving on here. So, you know, kind of transitioning out of out of the preseason a little bit more, we've still got some position battles that aren't really settled. And I'm going to start with Chicago because this is quite possibly the weirdest thing I've ever seen. You know, we've seen committee running backs, um, but I've never, ever heard of a team go, we're going to go with wide receiver by committee. <laughs> what? Hey, I don't know not? what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try go. it. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, No, I, I don't see this working. You know, running backs can come in and out and they take, you know, they a number one running back more than likely – takes on a pretty heavy load. Plus, you know, there's some running backs that aren't good at receiving, others that are better at blocking. So, yeah, you've got, you've got guys that can change in and out. But you're like number one and number two receivers. They're pretty crucial, and you have to have that, that um, cohesiveness with the quarterback. So if you just keep swapping guys in and out, you're never going to get that cohesiveness. And it's going to look like it in the game. So I don't know what this means for, you know, Kendall Wright, Kevin White. I hate saying those names back and forth. Um, And I'm kind of blanking on who else they have because it's not good. But obviously this is because of the K. Meredith injury. But what are your thoughts on this at all? You got any? I mean, I'm kind of just dumbfounded.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a, a new a new twist on an old term, I guess we could call it with the by sure. committee. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, are you just going to not have a three receivers set at some point? Are you just going to throw running backs out more on, on the edges? Um <laughs> I I don't know. I I really just don't understand what they're trying to do here. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a weird, weird setup in general. Um, I mean, I feel like that, that Chicago just doesn't even necessarily know what they're trying to accomplish here either. Um, so it'll be it'll definitely be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. But at the same time, you know, from the fantasy standpoint, it's it's another blow to your team because if you went out and grabbed, you know, Kevin White, um or Kendall Wright thinking, Okay, well Meredith is down, you know, these are gonna be the guys, maybe this is finally White's year to step up and, and you know, fill those lofty goals that were set forth with him when when he was a rookie and you know then he fought his own injury issues you know but you hear this well we're gonna throw these guys out and in a committee well hey morons wide receivers are already a committee you don't just put one out there and then have a one (laughs) receiver set for the entire effing game and then, just throw to that same guy, it's like, "Oh hey, defense, here's our receiver over here, um, but the other guy's over on the bench next play, we're gonna swap him out, and then we're gonna have him run at you and see which one you know can can get past your your safeties or whatever um you know, and hopefully by that point you you haven't sacked our quarterback yet. I mean, what no, just
0: just stop. I don't know what the hell's going on yeah, yeah, it, um. Basically, I'm running as far away from Chicago as I possibly can. I, you know, it and, and I don't think in a lot of leagues. I'm trying to think, pretty sure I have zero Chicago wide receivers, and I'm even more happy after hearing this news today that I have no Chicago wide receivers. So, that being said, moving on to another, who the hell knows what's going on, team? Who exactly is the slot guy in Philadelphia? Does, can you tell me? The slot guy in
1: Philadelphia.
0: Now the Matthews
1: is gone. I mean, that's a good question. I, I kind of want to say that, you know, maybe they're going to go with like a, a receiver by committee in the slot here. Um, <laughs> I, I don't see it being, well, I, I, I can see Torrey Smith playing some slot, but I think he's more of an outside guy. Yeah, he's going to be their deep right. threat guy. I mean, the guy that I really like here is Mac Hollins, the the rookie. Um, I think that they they had high hopes for him. You know, when they drafted him, uh, that's why they drafted him, and you know they knew that after getting Alshon and Torrey and having this rookie and having, you know, the really shorthanded Nelson Aguilar um, that, that they were going to have way too much, you know, firepower in their, their receiver core. So they decided to ship Matthews out and get some help on the defensive side, which I'm okay with, Um, you know, of those three between Jeffrey Matthews and Smith I still think I would take the other two over Matthews he's been decent for them but he's not a how you would say a great receiver Um, I mean he's had some drop issues you know he had a little bit of a Todd Pinkston syndrome on on occasions uh, where he would just shrink his alligator arms back in and not be able to reach out for balls but I like Hollins here, man. I, I think that he's going to surprise some people and he's, he's kind of my, my sleeper pick for, you know, making some noise there. I, I don't see Aguilar having any kind of relevance. I mean, the guy's done nothing in his career so far.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. It, going to be weird. It's, I mean, yeah, I've heard Aguilar. I've heard, Ertz is going to line up in the slot. I've heard Trey Burton's going to line up in the slot. I've heard Sproles is going to line up in the slot. There's just so many guys. I'm like, I don't know what to do. So it's just like, ugh. too many guys. Pick one and let him try it. If it doesn't work, go to the next guy. Like, don't just keep swapping guys in and out. And you should have been able to figure this out by practice by now. So I don't know what what's the deal with Philly. Um, the, the last, the last position battle that is probably a little more interesting. Um, you know, I was going to mention the Philly running backs, but I feel like we've beaten that one to death a bunch, but, um, the, the last one that I actually think is the most interesting here is the Seattle running back situation came out today that Rawls was actually lifted the number one running back for the team. So this is official now, like, he jumped Lacey, even though they like went out and grabbed Lacey, and Lacey was you know touted by a lot of people early earlier in the uh, off season as like the guy to get like, oh my God, he's gonna bounce back there. You've seen what they've done with their other running backs and then to knock Lacey even more, he was listed as the co number two with Carson, the guy we were talking about last week a little bit, yeah, so the this is very interesting. Now, I'm still not saying go out and run and grab Carson. Uh, I'm not even saying go out and grab Rawls, because I'm just not really sure about him. And, and in a minute, I'll tell you even more reasons why. This is just another one of those, like, none of these guys super impresses me. I, I wouldn't be surprised one bit if Carson takes this job. I mean, I did watch the the last two preseason games with him. And uh, – he looked he looked really good, he really did um he just looked way more explosive than both of those guys, and not that that's hard to do with lacey uh unless you put a cupcake ten yards away from him, but you know it's it's I would not be one bit surprised if Carson takes this job um but Another reason why I'm saying don't go after and grab Rawls is he's actually still recovering from a high ankle sprain. So, and I kind of, for some reason, missed this news. I, I don't know why I didn't know that he had a high ankle sprain. I knew he was dealing with an injury. I just didn't know that it was a high ankle sprain and those are bad. Did you know it was a high ankle sprain?
1: I did not. No.
0: Um I knew the ankle. I just thought, you know, like Yeah, I mean like I'm going back all the way to you know mid August here when they started talking about an ankle. Or when did they start talking about ankle for him? Um
1: Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, the, the last couple Probably of weeks
0: was, of August. but all yeah, they was said it was ankle, like
1: week ankle, ankle, ankle 2 of the preseason, wasn't it? Maybe
0: week three? Yeah, and all all they kept saying was, like, it's not, you know, they're saying it's not serious, and they would play if it were the regular season. But now they're saying, as week one is coming, um, that he's not exactly – oh, actually, less than an hour ago now – glad I made my notes, you know, before I put the kids to (laughs) bed – Thomas Rawls is practicing in full for week one. So there we go. So never mind. Ignore everything I just said. You know, when I made the notes earlier today, it was saying rehabbing from a high ankle sprain and he's questionable for for week one. And so, of course, everything was like, this is a new development and you know, all we knew was that he had a high, all, all, all we knew before was that he had an ankle issue and so, you know, everything was like sounding good. But I don't know. I still am. I'm still not really just running out to grab Thomas Rawls. I guess if I had to pick one for season long, he'd be the guy I'd want. Um, with maybe Carson being two, but I think honestly, you can probably leave Lacey and Carson on on the waivers right now and not even worry about it. I think they're both going to get dropped at some point. They're just not worth holding unless you're in a really deep league or dynasty or something like that. So. I just don't like it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a fluid situation, and not one that really is is fluid enough to to monitor, you know, dead on right now. I mean, there's so much other running back talent out there going into Week One. You know, nobody's injured for the most part. I mean, aside from preseason injuries, obviously, but you know, you, you don't really have, you know, you're going into week one, looking at your roster, like, Hmm. Okay. Well, I like all of these guys, but who has the better matchup, who's going to start, who's going to, you know, play and, and make the most of this opportunity. That's what you're really looking at this week. Like it, it's, it's harder to make decisions on your lineup in the first few weeks as it is later in the season, I think, because, later in the season you obviously have injuries you have you know other free agent pickups that you're trying to you know see if they're panning out so yeah i i think there's just so much selection this early on that it's it's hard to go for
0: yeah i mean i sort of disagree i'm 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 under the impression that after your draft obviously you know you just kind of start the, you know, the guys you drafted first. Obviously, that's not always the case. Um, You know, if you got lucky and you took a, you know, a guy fell to you that probably shouldn't have, and so you've got two receivers that are really closely ranked, uh, you know, got really close projections, but one has, I don't know, the, the Jets and one has Seattle. Okay, maybe I go with the guy playing the Jets, but you know it. I think in most cases it's just a, it's just a simple. I drafted this guy first. I'm going to start this guy this week in week one, and then after that things get interesting because then it's well, my the guy who I thought was going to be better is underperforming, but this guy who I drafted really late is overperforming. So maybe should I make the swap? And you know, you're kind of you kind of always second guess yourself then because you're thinking, well you know, it's an, like you are still hoping that the guy you drafted early on is going to pan out and be what you thought he's going to be. And this is like a matter of time before that week comes. Like, when do you finally give up on him? When do you finally bench him? Is the question. So that's where I always struggle. I struggle later in the season than I do early, more early on with like setting my lineup. Um, but that's a whole nother conversation that maybe we should have gotten into with this show. Um <laughs> Way to bring up a good topic as we're in mid-show. Um, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Uh huh. All right. We can uh, we can we can
1: you know shoot off in a different direction. Why not? <laughs> okay. Next on the docket: uh, setting your lineups for Week One.
0: Sure. Just <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Uh, more injuries. Um, Tyrod Taylor and Jordan Matthews returned to practice today, so they are looking good to go. Still not a real huge fan of either one, except for the fact that they're playing the Jets. That's kind of the only thing that makes me kind of want to lean toward them. But suffice to say, I drafted into the in league last night for reasons beyond my control. And, <laughs> and uh, Tyrod's sitting out on the waiver wire, and I'm still not going to go get him. So there you have it. That's how I feel about Tyrod Taylor. Um, Travis Kelsey returns. There was kind of a question mark of whether or not he was going to be able to play for a short time there. He was dealing with, I think it was a hamstring or something like that. So you're always kind of like eh, hamstrings linger. Um, Demaryius Thomas returned to practice today as well. So there's good news there for Demarius Thomas owners. Um, and then, Odell Beckham Jr. and Brandon Marshall. Not I haven't was it not able to find a whole lot of news on Brandon Marshall. I I'm guessing that's just because he's gonna play um, unless something came out later in the day that I haven't seen yet. Um, no, this was yesterday. I mean, Brandon Marshall says he's ready to go. Whether or not that's true, fine, but. I'll take it. Like that at least sounds good, right? But when you look up Odo Beckham Jr., it's like, I'm not really sure. Nobody really knows. Um, you know. And then his quote today was, he seemed more hopeful than confident that he'll play week one. That's terrible. Um, and I believe, do they have a Monday night game? No. Doing, uh, uh, who? No. When do Green Bay and when do they play tomorrow? Night, Green don't Bay. They? No, no, that's uh, no, uh, Kansas No, they have the Sunday night game. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's gonna be. Uh
1: No, it's an afternoon game. Four twenty-five. Dallas, New York. Oh, sorry, sorry. Way off here. I'm looking at Green Bay.
0: It's okay. I said like three wrong times too, so that's cool. Um, yeah. Dallas and New York, I knew they had one of the night games. I knew I knew it was one of those because I remember, I remember reading about how, you know, it's going to be hard to you – know, I mean, obviously, it's just going to be hard to sit on him and put him in your starting lineup if he's not cleared. You would yeah. hope you know before – hopefully it doesn't come down to a game-time decision. That's the worst, obviously, especially for those night games. There's going to be nothing you're going to be able to do. And in my opinion, if he's game-time – you gotta find a replacement. I'm not. I'm not taking a risk week one with Odell Beckham. And if he doesn't win, if you know, if he doesn't go, you can't. You know, hopefully, like same same thing with all these Miami and and uh, Tampa Bay guys. Hopefully, you drafted enough enough depth behind them. Clearly, they're not replacing Odell Beckham, but it's gonna be better than getting a zero. Let's put it that way. That's how I would go into it. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, we still have him ranked pretty high on on the site because I think, I don't know, gut feeling as he plays. Um, and if he does, you know, him and Dez usually, usually try and ball out in the games when they play against each other. So, um, so that's, that's the uh, that's the extent of the major injuries this week. I think there's a bunch of guys that have been, like, questionable, and they're all returned or stuff like that. Like, I know Danny Woodhead was kind of on the docket there for a while. And, but everybody's coming out. The injury reports weren't exactly released. As, you know, there weren't, like, leftover injuries from, like, week one that were questionable but, like, played, and then they're just automatically questionable again for week two or something like that because it's preseason. Yeah. And teams aren't required to put out injury reports in the preseason. So it makes it that much harder to prepare for week one when you don't get the injury report, the first injury report until today. Um, So, yeah, looking into week one here, um, who are some guys that probably weren't drafted and you're kind of looking at and going – You know, I want to put this guy on my watch list. Have you gone around to your sites and your leagues and started putting guys on watch list? I know I have, and I'll tell you two guys that I've mentioned um, or that I've put on there. One is Chris Carson, absolutely. Another is George Kittle. He's the end from San Francisco. Um, San Francisco just recently traded Vance McDonald to Pittsburgh. Uh, Kittle's going to be the starting tight end. He's had a good preseason. Not picking him up yet. But I'm keeping an eye on him because I think Saint Fran is going to surprise people this year, you know, offensively. I still don't think they're going to be a very good team, but I think they're going to have some fairly decent outings here. Um. So, have, have you have you been going around and have you had a chance to do that yet with with your leagues?
1: Um, I
0: have not.
1: Not for every league, I feel like I've. I've put a couple of guys on in a couple of leagues, but not, I I really haven't had enough time to really go out and look at. I mean, I just finished my last draft last night, last two. Excuse me. So I think uh, that's probably something I'm going to try to do, you know, between now and and Sunday for sure. Um, But a couple of guys that, you know, that I had, on my list as far as potential sleepers that I want to keep an eye on, they're they're more backup players, um, but they're they're definitely people to just watch, see what happens, and see what um, you know if they even get any kind of playing time uh, to to make something of it. Um, Chicago, uh, Tarek Cohen was a mm-hmm. pretty popular trendy late round, uh, running back stash. Um, he's definitely a guy that I'll be keeping an eye on. Um, they do still have Langford there. I believe, I don't think he got cut. Uh, no, he did get cut. I'm sorry. Um, he joined the Ravens practice squad. So, you know, without Langford there, you know, you're looking at uh, Kadeem Carey who's on the IR already. Um, Benny Cunningham, we've seen with uh, with the Rams a few years back. He never really turned into anything. I mean, to me, this is really Howard's gig to lose. Um, but but Cohen definitely impressed in the preseason. Um, another running back to keep an eye on is out in San Francisco, Mr. Matt Breda, I think his name is. Breda? Breda? Um
0: something like that, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean he, he's entering week one as the the main backup for Carlos Hyde. You know, here again I think this is Hyde's show. He's literally gonna run with it. Um but this is a guy to keep an eye on and see, you know, if he can start kind of weaseling in and uh you know getting some getting some carries. Uh Joe Williams was potentially going to be that guy and he's on the IR now. Um mm-hmm. so he's someone to look at. Um, trying to think of there's a couple of receivers that I was thinking of. Um I mean I already mentioned uh Mac Hollins. He's definitely a guy I like and, and someone to keep an eye on. Um you know, you you go out to uh to Houston, I mean Braxton Miller, maybe. Uh yeah. you know, he he's he's kind of a an interesting option right now with uh Jalen Strong being suspended. Um they don't Isn't really have
0: Jaylene a lot there. Can't be right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jay Jay
0: I thought it was Jalen.
1: <laughs> it might be, I don't know. What did I say? Jalen <laughs>
0: Jalen yeah. sounds like a woman. Sorry. Well, to There's say. two
1: E's. There's two E's. It's E J A E L E N. So yeah, it's probably Jalen, but whatever. Um, either way, uh, that's, you know, who, who was potential. I mean, obviously Will Fuller was going to be the number two guy, but he's out. Um, right. I mean, he, he's actually someone to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, he may get back this season. Um, and he could try to make some noise, maybe, you know, towards the towards the time where you're trying to make that push to, to get to playoffs and solidify your team in the playoffs. So
0: Yeah. So I mean yeah. so I got a couple guys. Like I just pulled up my watch list from my Yahoo league. And, and granted it it is only a ten team league, but uh we draft a couple extra rounds, so we're pretty deep. Um and all these guys that I'm listing here are owned in 16% of leagues or, or or less. So they are all, you know, fairly relatively unowned. You know, I got Marcus, Marquise Lee. I got Nelson Aguilar. I got Alvin Kamara, Shane Vereen, Jaron Brown. I mentioned George Kittle. You mentioned Matt Breida. I mentioned Chris Carson. Then the last guy is Taiwan Taylor, the Tennessee receiver. You know, who knows who's going to really come out of that Tennessee receiving core that. Is pretty deep. I think we, you know, everybody likes Corey Davis because of the skill, but you know he pretty much missed the entire preseason, so that's tough. Um, especially the rookie, like he's gonna take time to like really come to the speed. Um, Richard Matthews, I think, is gonna be like the de facto number one, and he should be after the season he had last year is pretty good. Um, I'm trying to, uh, you know, Decker obviously. So I think, you know. Who, I think Taiwan Taylor has a place to be able to like make a name for himself and could potentially like one injury to a Decker or somebody just away from like being a really good player there. Uh, so, you know, don't just don't write him off. I mean, he is 0% owned and as he probably should be right now. Um, but I do have him on my watch list for sure. So those are just some guys that, that I, I wanted to mention. Um, <clears throat>
1: Yeah, Kamara's a good one. I, I actually I was drafted him in a couple of leagues just because he was he was there and they were deeper leagues, so, you know, people were kinda of going after some of these other other sleeper guys. Um, you know, Kenny Galladay is another name to keep an eye on too. Um yeah. Yeah. rookie that's they're they're already, you know, anointing as the second coming of Megatron and um, you know, we
0: always do that in, with, with Detroit, but anyway.
1: Well, I mean, you have to. He <laughs> Tron set the bar, so you got to compare yeah. everybody else to him.
0: But I guess it's like um, everybody trying to say that next MJ, stop it, people. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one other guy that that I, uh, I I totally forgot to mention is uh this guy D. D. Westbrook from Jacksonville. Uh, He's Mm -hmm. kind of banged up right now, but he had a hell of a preseason. So, um, The guy from Seattle that had a really good preseason, but he got cut. I can't think of his name now, but he would have been on my watch list. No, no, not Paul Richardson.
1: Uh, Curse.
0: No, he was traded to the Jets. No, no, Curse was traded. I'm trying to – I can't think of the guy's name now. He got cut, and I can't remember, like – I don't know why he would, I can't remember why he would cut. Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter now. He's clearly not on my watch list. But, uh, but yeah. So, anyway, man, let's, let's move on here and finish up this show. Uh, if you all have listened to us in years past, you know that for each week of the regular season, we go through our highest-scoring fantasy game, our lowest-scoring fantasy game, which we used to call best and worst. Uh, I relabeled them to make them make more sense. Um, and then, you know, we give our sleeper, quarterback, running back, receiver, and our bust the same thing. And then this year, I want to add a defense to stream. Because I feel like this is something that is a lot of people do. They stream defenses all year long. I know once the middle of the season comes, I'm doing it almost every week. <laughs> so... um I will let you start with your sleeper quarterback.
1: My sleeper. Are we okay? So we're going to come back to the games then.
0: Oh yeah. I just totally skipped over those. Didn't I just kidding? Yeah. Well, You didn't what have anything
1: it? listed. So I was like, all right, yeah, well, all right.
0: Um, go ahead. We all right.
1: Well, I'll, I'll, I'll do mine. You can make some picks real quick. Um, so my highest scoring fantasy game, um, to me, I think is going to be Oakland at Tennessee. Um, both of these teams they played each other last year, and both of the quarterbacks didn't have great games. Um, but i I think coming into this year, you know you got Derek Carr back from his injury. you know he wants to start off on the right foot and and really propel this team, you know back to the playoffs, really. Um, And Tennessee is the same way. Uh, Mariota, I think, can have a good game. Um, You know, both of these defenses, I believe, are are right kind of in the middle uh, to the the lower side of, you know, giving up points to the opposing quarterbacks. Um, So, yeah, those guys, I mean, there's a lot of talent on both of these teams. We've already talked about Tennessee and all the different guys there, and their receiving core You got, you know, the two-headed monster of DeMarco and and Henry in the backfield. Um, You know, Oakland's got Lynch now. I know you don't like Lynch, but I do. Um, (laughs) And then they have their other backup, you know, rookie running backs from last year, now second-year guys, obviously. But I just like this game. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth, you know, slugfest.
0: So... Yeah, no. Yeah, for... that was a, good that was a Good one here. Um, I like Saints at Minnesota. Um, I know that the Saints, you know, generally struggle on on the road, but um, yeah. Look, I mean, it's New Orleans. You always kind of think they're going to put up points. Minnesota's defense was good early on last year, and then it kind of fell apart. So I'm not really quite as high on them as some people. I kind of think they were exposed later in the season, um, but. The Saints defense is clearly horrendous. It has been for years and I don't think they did really anything to fix it this off season. So I think even Minnesota can can move the ball on them this year. And honestly, I kind of think Minnesota's a surprise offense this year. You know, Bradford was efficient last year. He wasn't great, but he was efficient. He's got a healthy digs. Stealing's healthy. Um, they got Cook, who has looked awesome this preseason. They I mean As much as everybody's pooing on uh, Latavius Murray, you know, he is there. He's finally healthy. He didn't play much this preseason, but he's going to make a difference. Um, You know, Rudolph, I mean, the offense is actually pretty legit. I find myself, like, looking at Vikings players a lot more this year than I have in years past. And, you know, mine is, like, Adrian Peterson. Um, So this is – I think this could be a very, very high-scoring game on both sides of the ball.
1: Yeah, I I do like that game as well. Um, I mean, pretty much any time you have the Saints in a game, you're expecting at least a a 30-point-plus output. Um, My only knock on that would be that Drew Brees is not the same player on the road as he is at home, but... Yeah, that's a good game. I, I, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Um, my worst or l- well, lowest scoring fantasy game that I have here, I'm going with uh, a division rivalry here and, and two more AFC South teams in Jacksonville at Houston. Um, I, I mean, both of these teams are kind of – you don't know what you're going to get out of the quarterbacks. I'm I'm guessing that at this point, Bortles is going to be the guy. Um, Yes. You know, so, I mean, you still have his upside, um, but whether or not you're going to see that in this week, I I don't really think so. Um, You know, Houston's still got a pretty stout defense. And honestly, I I really like Jacksonville's defense this year. They, They got a lot of young talent. Um, you know they've they've really gone out and built that defense up through the draft the past few years and and through some free agents. Um, so again, I think this could be another slugfest, but it's going to be more of just you know knock them down, beat them up kind of slugfest instead of back to back scoring and and you know running the field each team each time. So I just don't I don't have a lot to. To look forward to in this game?
0: Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that one. I, I I'm not a, I'm not looking forward to that game at all. Um, mine, if it wasn't obvious, the Jets and the Bills. I mean, both these teams just basically punted punted the season before it even started. I think there's going to be maybe like I like one player from this game. One and it was LaShawn McCoy, but I'm also deathly afraid because I own LaShawn McCoy in so many leagues that the Jets are just going to go, we're going to put eight guys on him and everybody else is going to get covered by three. Like, because who else are you covering on the bills? I mean, who cares, right? Um, Yeah. It's, it's going to be pretty ugly. And the Jets have literally nobody after Bilal Powell. Um, yeah, it's, it's not pretty. So anyway, let's move on to the sleepers here and let's wrap it right. through these. Cause we're running low on time.
1: All right. Go ahead and do your, uh, your sleepers one, two, and three, and then I'll, I'll rip mine off here.
0: All right. So I was going to pick Bradford, but obviously I just kind of touted him up here. So I'm going to say Carson Palmer. Uh, going against the Detroit Lions, uh, the secondary in Detroit's pretty bad. Palmer's looked good this preseason, so I'm, I'm actually expecting a pretty, pretty big bounce back season from Palmer to start with Week One. Um, my running back, I had a tough time picking one because honestly, I just think they're kind of really, really well ranked this week. Um, I'm not looking at a lot of guys where I'm going like, hmm, this guy could really like do damage. But one guy that kind of stands out is Jamal Charles in his only preseason appearance that I saw him in. He looked pretty good. Um, Didn't get a lot of work, but he looked good. And, I mean, it's C.J. Anderson in front of them. I mean, we know how pedestrian C.J. Anderson really is, right? Um, And he does get the Chargers, I believe. Yeah, the Chargers. So, yeah, he could actually have a pretty good game, even though I'm – I am kind of skeptical. Like, I'm not I'm not saying, like, hey, go out and start him right now. Like, it's just kind of like I had to pick somebody, right? There wasn't a whole lot of options. Um, yeah. And my receiver is certainly Shepard. Uh, I think even with Odo Beckham Jr. possibly playing, I still think that Shepard can make some noise uh, th- this year. I think people are just kind of tossing him aside. And, like, I mean, there's a potential that Beckham – you know, re-injures himself in this game uh, or doesn't play at all. In that case, like Shepard's obviously a good pick. Uh, but I think even without it, I mean, you kind of wonder if Shepard just becomes like a de facto slot guy and it helps him, you know, it kind of takes the better coverage off of him. So I, I like Shepard.
1: Yeah, I definitely uh, agree with the Shepard pick. That's a that's a good call. I mean, if Marshall's there, he may be a decoy. You know, so I I, don't, I just don't know if he's fully healthy, even though he says he is. Players always say they are, and they actually aren't. Um, so my guys here, I, I'm I'm reaching deep for my quarterback sleeper here, and I'm gonna actually go with Jared Goff. Um, I I think that it's it's a bold call, obviously, but I mean I, Indianapolis does not have a great defense against quarterbacks they're in the lower you know 10 um they've given up a ton of yards a ton of attempts to everybody that's played them last year i think their lowest amount of attempts was 21 by roethlisberger or whoever was their week 12 quarterback from pittsburgh um but they still got three touchdowns um so I, I really like golf. I think this could be, you know, a, a very nice opening game for him to, to get him acclimated and see what he can actually prove this year. Uh, my sleeper running back, I'm going with uh, Mr. A.D. all day, Adrian Peterson, baby. First game back against his original team that he spent his entire career with. You know, what's what's not to like here? So I just think he's gonna he's gonna be coming into this game with a major chip on his shoulder. He's he's healthy, he's gonna do what he can to uh to make this a good game. Um and we already talked about that game anyways. Uh and I am staying with this game for my receiver. I'm gonna go with Adam Thielen. Uh I think Diggs is gonna have a good game as well. Um, but I think Thielen might be the guy that really kinda steps up and shines in in this game for the Minnesota receiving um core. You know, he he's really kind of stepped up last year and and made a name for himself and he was a you know, later round I don't I don't know if you could really even call him a sleeper at this point. I guess you could because he wasn't on everyone's radar, but I mean, I was looking at him in in every one of my drafts. So I mean, New Orleans is is horrible against the pass. So I think uh I think he's gonna have a a good game, good chance at at getting, you know, seven grabs, maybe close to a hundred yards, and uh, and probably will net a touchdown at least as well.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I've been a big a big fan of Thielen all offseason. I thought he went really uh under under um under ranked by a lot of people so um my bus here Phil Rivers, I mean, I don't know that one might be too easy, but I mean, he's playing Denver. I just, I'm not really feeling it, and I'm, and I'm right there with his receiver, Keenan Allen. I think Week One is going to be rough for both of them. Uh, this is a, just a bad matchup for them. the The running back I'm going with is actually Mark Ingram. Um, uh, I just don't like. I know you said Adrian Peterson. Is is your sleeper, and it's kind of one of the reasons why is I just I don't know what to think about with that New Orleans running situation. You know, there's just so many, so many different options to to get the ball to. You know, even even Kamara could potentially see some some snaps. They got the John Coon Snake Train there as well so i mean you could get goal line snaps taken away from both of these guys like i just i've gone down the path of trying to figure out sean payton in the running game too many times and i this year it it seemed so much worse at least last year i thought i knew what i was doing with it and it seemed clear it was mark Ingram, and then it definitely was not come like week four it was like what he fumbled one time calm down and um so those are my, those are my busts. All right. All right.
1: My, uh, my busts here. I'm going to go with know uh, uh, big red, Andy Dalton. I know big red, they actually Andy Reed, but um, you know, I hear Dalton is soulless cause he's a ginger. So um, the guys put up less than 300 yards in both of his games against Baltimore last year. He only had one touchdown in each of those games. Um, Now, I I can't remember if A.J. Green was in both of them. I feel like he was not. Um, So that may have played into that a little bit as well. Um, But he also had two interceptions in one of the games. I think it was the first meeting. I I mean, it's just pedestrian numbers. Um, and, And I do actually like Dalton a lot this year. I think he has potential to be uh you know definitely a top 10 guy um maybe even better than that um so it, it all obviously depends on the health of green and eifert but i just don't really like him this week uh baltimore's got a stout defense still i mean obviously their their corners uh and safeties is their weak point on that defense but if he doesn't have time to get the ball to those guys you know, to beat the, uh, the opposing defense. I, I just don't see him doing better than, than the average numbers he's already put up, uh, my bust running back. I'm, I'm sticking with your, with your chargers here. I'm going Melvin Gordon. Um, mm-hmm. now he did have good yardage last year against Denver. He didn't crack a hundred yards in the second meeting, I believe. Um, uh, but he didn't have any touchdowns against them and, you know, yeah, getting, getting yardage and, and, Over 100 is obviously helpful, but, you know, from a a first-round running back, you're really looking at at getting touchdowns out of them as well as yardage. So uh, while I do like Gordon this year, I don't like him this week and in this matchup uh, or in the matchup against him later in the year. Um, Receiver-wise, I'm going with, uh, uh, you know, old man Mr. Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, old but still talented, Uh, but, I mean, this guy only put up 100-plus-yard game last year. He only put up six touchdowns last year, uh, and that was across four games because he had two touchdowns in two of his games. Um, So he also went on a stretch from, I believe, week six to week 16 uh, without a touchdown. I mean that's that's brutal. I mean I know Paul, uh, Palmer was not himself and was also dealing with injuries and stuff last year as well. But I mean I just don't I just don't know how much Fitz has left in the tank. Um, you know Palmer's apparently healthy now, so that could change things. But I just I, I'm not liking him this week until he proves to me that he's you know a, a top flight receiver again. I'm I'm just not interested in Fitzgerald.
0: It's interesting that uh, counters my Palmer sleeper pick, so...
1: It does. We'll
0: have to to see. Take note on that one and see who won last week. Or who won next week, I mean. (laughs) Um, Anyway, my defensive stream this week, if if the Rams are actually available, which I kind of doubt they really are... um, they are absolutely a must-play. Um, I just don't see any way they don't just destroy the Colts um, without Andrew Luck. It's just that it's not, it's not going to be pretty. The Colts are going to be bad. Uh, but if they're not available, the Bills are actually like I think anybody playing against the Jets this year are going to be pretty good. Uh, and the Bills are not a good defense, but they'd be my second best pick. You know, for streaming wise
1: Yeah, defense-wise, I mean, obviously the the popular pick here would be the Bills since they're playing the Jets. But I'm actually looking at uh, Pittsburgh here um, because they're playing last year's other terrible team in Cleveland. Um, but not just because they're playing Cleveland, but because they had huge games against Cleveland last year. I mean, they put up double-digit points against them. In both games um, had I believe at least one interception in each game and one forced fumble in each game I think they only allowed nine points in the first meeting now they did give up a lot more points in the second meeting but that was week 17 and Pittsburgh was not really playing uh, in that week because of the playoffs so um, you know to, to be able to do that and you know, going like that, you know, it, it, it's it's definitely somebody to, to take a look at. Yeah,
0: Pittsburgh is definitely one of my favorite defenses this week. Uh, anybody playing the, the Browns is probably going to be a pretty, pretty big favorite of everybody's every week. Um, anyway, the last thing we have here is your favorite... Good old Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I got hit up by a good friend of the show, at Super12Joe. Lost Evans, Parker, and Meredith for week one. I own Brady and Luck. Would you trade Luck for Moncrief, PPR League?
1: Uh... <laughs> I mean, can you get somebody better than Moncrief? <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's exactly I mean, what I said.
1: That's That's, funny. that's my first response. Um, I, I...
0: <sighs> So there's a little extra caveat to this because I did actually respond on Twitter to him. And it was, well, wait a minute. Why don't you just drop Cam Meredith and pick up somebody off the waiver wire? Like, Moncrief yeah. isn't gonna be great, especially while Luck is out. Um, and his response was, "Rosters are locked until after Week One." And I went, "Well, that's gross. Okay, you need to fix that for first, first and foremost." What? Um, yeah, that's yeah. total garbage. No, that there's no way make it would because they clearly drafted early because he drafted Cam <laughs> before the yeah sixth, third week of the preseason, or he wouldn't have drafted him. Uh, so, so
1: he can't – I mean, I'm assuming he can adjust his roster. He just cannot make any moves
0: to add. He can add drop. There's add drop okay. does not open up until after week one. So I guess they can trade and they can do stuff like that. But I'm like, that means you're that leads to desperation trading. And I told him, I'm like, I think you're just going to, have to eat it week one. Like, I don't think you do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we career- already talked about it earlier in the show. You lose – you know, a first round pick in Evans, most likely, first or second. And then Parker was, you know, a mid round, you know, sniper guy that a lot of
0: people were climbing up the board. I mean, his, like his a ADP,
1: job. I'd love to see the number between his ADP in July versus this week. <laughs> it's got to be. It's like 50 points different, probably. Um, but yeah, I. I think this might be the time where you're like, well, I'm just going to phone it in and uh, realize that I've already lost these guys from playing, you know, see what you got on your team. I I would not trade luck for uh, a lesser receiver that's tied to luck's health and success. (laughs) Um, I I just feel like that's counterproductive. Um, but, I mean, I'm not against trading luck if you could get somebody better than Moncrief. I mean, shit, I'm sure your your message board is not locked through uh, week one. Why don't you throw the trade out there and say, hey, looking for a receiver willing to offer luck because I have Brady, what do you got? I mean, someone's going to bite on that. And, and someone's going to probably come at you with hopefully something better than Moncrief. I mean, yeah, not, maybe. nothing I mean, against Moncrief, what... but – i mean i kinda you know i had high hopes for him last year and soured on him last year because he just really didn't produce, so
0: well he was injured a bunch too, but yeah, yeah I mean, he yeah. he wasn't great but just just to give you the the stats on parker's a d p uh if you go over to fantasyfootballcalculator.com, dot com you can see like the trends in a d p on august eighteenth his a d p was eight eleven pretty standard. You know, that was with – why am I blanking on his name? The quarterback from Miami. Um, Um, Tannehill. Tannehill, yeah. Uh, And then as soon as Cutler got signed, it soared pretty steadily all the way up to 5.06. Wow. That's an incredible jump. (laughs) That's huge, dude. The that is in the same range as Golden Tate, Larry Fitzgerald, Stephon Diggs, ahead of Stephon Diggs, ahead of Brandon Marshall, ahead of Sammy Watkins, ahead of Jameson Crowder. Oh my God! Wow. This this is standard. I didn't do PPR, so this is standard. But still, that is crazy. Everybody just thinks Cutler's gonna bomb away at, at Parker and uh, like I kind of think they're everybody's a little right but to put him like 5th round I wasn't touching him there cuz like we've seen how inconsistent Cutler is. i mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not trying to do that. But he does he does make like his main weapon usually pretty good. So we'll see. I don't know. But yeah, just those numbers. Those were pretty nuts. You you said that so I wanted to look it up. Um but yeah, so I think Super Joe, um, it's a it's a big no on on our side here for that for that trade. I think you're just gonna have to figure it out and then talk to your commissioner about changing that bogus rule. Um, yeah. So anyway, that is it for the show. Everybody, good luck in week one unless you're playing me and hit us up on on Twitter at Fantasy Six Pack at Algar. Oh man, I nope. haven't said your Twitter name nope. in a super long time.
1: You murdered that one.
0: I'm sure Uh, I did.
1: At Apple Garth Algar.
0: I knew it had Algar in there. Uh, But anyway, I I murdered that. I have not said that in a long time. Anyway, that's it we've got for the show. I just embarrassed myself again. So (laughs) talk to y'all later. Good luck this week. All right,
1: thanks. Have a good one.